Hello and welcome or welcome back to Through Gen Z's Eyes. This week I have on Vikram Singh, who used to work for Hillary Clinton and Obama and had jobs with foreign policy and national security. Hi, thank you so much for joining. Hi, Kaya. I'm so glad I could be with you. Thank you. So what jobs did you have for Hillary Clinton and Obama? So, um, oh, so during the Obama administration, um, I was, I first, I worked on the Afghanistan-Pakistan issues. So, you know, we're still in this war in Afghanistan. um, And I was what was called the deputy special representative for Afghanistan and Pakistan at the Department of State. So that was where I had most of my time working for Hillary Clinton, was doing that for about two years. And then I was the deputy secretary of defense for South and Southeast Asia, which means whatever the U.S. military is doing in that part of the world, which in that case stretches from India to like New Zealand, um, I had the policy responsibility for. So those were the two like big jobs that I had um, during the Obama administration. Um, okay, so that's great because you got to work with Obama, not just like distantly from him. So what, are you, what is your current job and how is it connected to what you used to do? Oh, yeah. So I was no, I was pretty distant from Obama. So a deputy special representative and a deputy assistant secretary of defense are not hanging out with the president on a daily basis. But I was, you know, going to the meetings at the White House, in the Situation Room. Um, and, you know, the first part of my job, was, the first job on Afghanistan and Pakistan, we were trying to figure out a way to end the war in Afghanistan. And, you know, it's funny because like what's happening now where there's some negotiations with the Taliban happening, that was all stuff that we started setting in motion when I was in that job. And then on, when I went to the Department of Defense, which is, you know, the, in the Pentagon, um, that was all about our defense relationship with India and Australia and Vietnam and Singapore and a whole bunch of countries in Asia. Um, and I did spend time up, so I spent a lot more time with like the Secretary of State and then the Secretary of Defense. I worked for Secretary Leon Panetta and Secretary Chuck Hagel at the Defense Department. Um, so that's what I that's what I was doing. Oh, okay, okay, that makes more sense. So, um, what what is your current job? Are you still working for the president or? Um, I don't. No, I don't. President? I don't work for President Trump. <laughs> and uh, I left government actually in 2014, so um, well before the end of the Obama administration. And um, after, you know, at first I worked for what's called a think tank, which is basically a group of people that do research on different policy issues, like any domestic policy, you know, taxes, education, and foreign policy. What do we do about, you know, how do we handle China getting more powerful? How do we handle, you know, wars in the Middle East or relation or trade relations, things like that. Um, And I did that, that, doing that until about 2018. And then um, I joined a thing called the United States Institute of Peace. And the United States Institute of Peace is, um, it's funded by the government, but it's independent of the government. So it's its own organization. Um, And it gets funding from Congress, but no one else. Like it doesn't take any money from companies or private sources. And its job is to help the United States understand how to manage and end 
um, wars and so basically prevent and to prevent conflict and so that's what I do that's related and then privately I do that a lot like half my time and then privately I do business uh, with technology companies and helping really new innovative technologies get into uh, get to be used by like the military or other parts of government homeland security for like securing elections or infrastructure or things like that Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so that's great that you're working in those kinds of fields. And so since you do work in that field, um, we haven't had a good relationship with China, just the U.S. for a while. So are you worried that the tension will become like so tight that a war, war will break out? in the U.S. and China? You know, I'm not, like, I don't think either the U.S. or China or any of the leaders in both countries, and that doesn't matter if it's Republicans or Democrats here, I don't think anybody wants there to be a war. So I think it's not something I'm, like, like really, like, intensely worried about. But what I do worry about is, like, what happens if there's a conflict or a tension and it kind of escalates? Like, it's, you know, like, you start small, like two ships, like get into like get too close to each other, or one bumps into another, or aircraft. Because you see a lot of these actions where like people are like China's flying its fighter jets into Taiwan's airspace or Japan or to, or close to Japan, and they're responding. Um, or you see like with India, the Chinese and the Indians are having this really like this standoff way up in the Himalaya mountains, you know, where it's frigid and. 18,000 feet where it's hard to even breathe. Like what happens if something there gets, goes bad and they res- one side responds and the other side responds harder and it starts to do what's um, in, in terms of military stuff called escalation. So he's like going, you start ratcheting it up. So, you know, you go from uh, somebody shoots somebody to somebody bombs to airplanes that, you know, and where does that go? And so there's, I think the risk of that kind of, um, unpredictable, like a like a like a, a little flare up turning into something bigger. I think that's a real that is a real risk. And the and the way to manage that is to have lots of uh, channels of communication. So if something's happening, leaders can talk to each other, and then they can like instruct their people to be like, okay, we are we're finding a way to deescalate or just you know take a deep breath, no more you know. And basically find a way to to de-escalate what they sometimes call off ramps. If you're on a if you're getting into a fight that's getting worse, if you can take some off ramps, maybe you prevent it from becoming a war. But I think it's um it is more we're more tense and it's more unfriendly between the United States and China than it has been um, you know, really any time in recent memory. I can definitely agree with you. I think that what you said before, that's the best way to deal with things. And yeah, I think that there is more tension right now than there has been in a long time. Um, so um, a lot of people have like have their own opinion on Hillary Clinton for different reasons, because she's a woman, because of who her husband is, because of what she said, that kind of thing. So what are your thoughts since you've worked with her and uh for her what do you well oh that's a you know that's a that's a that's a great question i think um you know i think she hillary clinton looms large in the american public consciousness and thinking as this major figure and you know she was you know until this year until this last election 
she was the person who'd gotten the most votes for president in the history of our country and the first woman to be the nominee for a presidential ticket for any party. So she's she's a historic figure. Um, and I do think she's I think, um, you know, I didn't know Hillary Clinton when I went to work at the State Department. But because Afghanistan was such a major, important issue, I did end up getting to spend a fair amount of time with her. And, I'll, you know, so I got to form a personal opinion. And I, you know, I don't know that I knew what to expect. Like she was sort of a to me, she was like a legendary figure. Um, I had always um, felt pretty good about her. Um, but I, you know, but, you know, there have been so much like negative and positive said about her all through the years. I had read her books and I really, I, I liked them. I loved It Takes a Village. I thought there was a lot of truth in that book that she had written. And so, but when I, when I first met her, the thing I noticed is that she actually was perhaps like the most serious, thoughtful person I had encountered in some of these senior positions. Like she really wanted to understand everything. And the thing that stood out to me was that, um, she knew she would learn everybody. If you imagine secretary of state, they're really important. They're up in these fancy offices with like mahogany walls and portraits and statues. And it's like this really like, like, like remarkable atmosphere. And they're very, you know, there's this like very important person. It's the sort of the most important cabinet agency in the United States government going all the way back to the start of the country. Um, and she always wanted to hear from not just like the most senior people, but from like the people who worked on an issue every day, the junior analysts, the people coming up. She always knew the names of everybody in the meetings. She remembered people. And I, I thought it spoke volumes about her character um, and, you know, what she was focused on as a leader. So I grew to, I grew to really um, deeply respect Hillary Clinton. Um, and I think I always will. I think, um, I think most of the, of the bad stuff that I see uh, uh, out there about her um, doesn't really hold up in, in real life when you look at what she's dedicated her life to. I think I I think that she's a good person too from what I've seen on the news and when she was running for president, um, her debates, her speeches, I think they were all great. And I hope that what you've said on this question will change other people's minds about her because it's not i don't think great that people have made their opinion about her based on the fact that she's a woman or like the fact that her husband is who he is so um this is the last question that we have time for so what example do you think that president trump has set for kids compared to what example president-elect biden will set when he's in office wow that's a you know, that's a really uh, big question. And it's a pretty intense question because it's so things are so controversial and so heated in our country these days. Um, you know, even my my son's only six and in first grade and the teachers have said to us, hey, everybody, like, let's try to keep let's try to keep politics at home because, you know, people get so uh, agitated about it. And I was thinking six year olds, really? Um, and I think that goes to show that, um, you know, that I do think Donald Trump has been really very divisive in a way that we haven't seen from any other president um, in my lifetime. And I would say and possibly any other president ever. I mean, other presidents did not say their political opponents were cheaters and were awful or evil or hate, didn't love the country. Like you, you, if you decide that your opponents don't love the country, your political opponents, 
um, then you've kind of crossed over into a new into a new space because then you know then losing to them is like it's not just losing a political contest now you're losing to somebody who's evil who hates the country if you believe if you if you start subscribing to that and i think that that's um i think that's really dangerous i mean just like i don't you know just like i might like the 49ers and not like the seattle seahawks i don't think the seattle seahawks are evil right I don't want them to be like destroyed and, and, and like, you know, obliterated from the earth. I want the team, I want the Niners to win the football game and politics used to be much more where we could disagree about issues really passionately, like say like, no, I think taxes should be higher on the rich or do you think taxes should be lower to, because it's better for business. Um, I think we should have, you know, a really assertive foreign policy and be all over the world. No, I think we should be more at home. Uh, I think we should trade more. I think we shouldn't trade as much because um, it, it, it's bad for workers, uh, in my view. Like, you could debate all those issues, but you didn't think the other person uh, was against the country. You know what I mean? You never, felt, you never yeah. felt that way. And I think what Donald Trump has done, unfortunately, is he's made that kind of his thing. Like, if you don't agree with me, you're, uh, you're like evil, you're crooked, you're, and, and meanwhile, like, it's really like clear that he's been doing some pretty like stuff that's not really above board. And, um, that's how he tries, that's how he gets away with it in my view. And I know a lot of people who support Trump would say, oh, you're just, you just hate Trump or you just hate Republicans or whatever. Um, and that's, that's not true. I've got Republicans up and down my street. I've worked with Republicans for years. I've worked in, I've worked under five secretaries of defense from both political parties. And I've never had this, that this be the atmosphere where people are really nervous about even bringing things up with people that are like from the other party, a really good friends of ours. She just over Thanksgiving, she had a, her mom, her mom's a really big Trump supporter and she's not. And it just, they had a really difficult time this Thanksgiving, um, getting into a fight where it's like at a level that she's never really experienced with her own mother because of those differences. And I think if Trump were to say like, hey, our differences in politics are one thing, but we're all Americans and we all believe in our country and love our country, um, that would be the kind of role model I'd want to see. And that's what I think we already see from Joe Biden. Yeah, I think that that kind of if you're if you are Republican and you support President Trump or you're Democratic and you support President-elect Biden and that's causing outrage between your family, that that's really dangerous because it's, it's one thing when it's you're talking about politics and then you're having some disagreements because we all disagree. But then when it comes to family, you don't want to have that kind of separation because Thanksgiving shouldn't be about politics. You shouldn't be talking about politics during Thanksgiving. You should be you should be talking about family and having connections with your family. So, yeah, I think that it's not good that President Trump has done that. And I think also I can agree that uh, President-elect Joe Biden will fix these divisions. Um, I would like to thank Vikram Singh for joining me today. I want to thank Smitha Patel for helping me start up this podcast and everyone who's inspired me, like my family and my teacher who gives me ideas every day in class. And I would like to thank you for helping me search through this topic from a Gen Z's eyes. Please make sure to tell all your friends and family about this podcast. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.